Welcome to Rooftop Report, a key safety podcast where we will be discussing everything from fall protection misconceptions to how key safety is making a difference in the improving safety for today's workforce. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Rooftop Report, a podcast produced by Key Safety and focused on providing you with the knowledge and expertise that you need to separate your people from hazards. I'm your host, Dan Huntington, and our guest today is Mike Mumau, President Emeritus for Key Safety North America. Today, we'll be talking to Mike about his experience in the fall protection and safety industries and just the importance that he's found in taking a proactive approach regarding your workers' safety. Mike, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Dan. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, have this time with you where we can talk through some of these things. I think uh, some of the things we've already been talking about offline are some of the topics that are not being talked about and need to be talked about as we address this whole issue of safety in uh, the USA and North America today. And I agree. I think that you're, you know, I just want to speak personally that, you know, I've worked with you for almost 10 years now and your personal drive and your personal passion, I think is inspiring and uh, contagious to people that have, you know, worked with you and worked around you in the past. You have over 40 years of business experience, Mike, almost half of that you've dedicated to safety and fall protection. And after all that time, you're still one of the hardest working people that I know. You're not out on the golf course. You're not whining and dining. And I just want to know, Mike, what drives you to be so dedicated and working so hard still? Well, the one thing, Dan, that I've learned in my time at Key Safety, and, and as you mentioned, you know, I've been the president of Key Safety for almost 20 years, and I've just recently moved into a new role doing business development and, and mergers and acquisitions for the company. But in, in that time frame, the thing that was the most, I, I would say, eye-opening to me is that is that we can make a real difference and we need to make a real difference because workers' lives do depend on it. I, I couldn't think of anything more more hurting than when you, you get a phone call from a company and, and what they would say to me is, uh, Mike, I need your help out of my plant. Someone just fell, someone got hurt, or someone someone died, and OSHA's gonna be here tomorrow. Come and come and help us as we walk into that. And, it just used to drive me crazy. I think there's nothing more important than sending someone back home to their to their family uh, yeah. a- after a day's work. And I think we need to take that more seriously. I agree. I, you know, like I said, we've been working together for a long time, and I remember just that responsibility. And I've been on calls, you know, where a customer says, "Hey, listen, we had an accident. We need you to come out and look at what we could have done to prevent this." And that's such a sad call to go on. It's the sales call that nobody wants to to be a part of. All right. We want to be proactive and have the front foot when it comes to workers' lives and safety. Exactly. In 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 the USA especially, hmm. uh, our the way we we go at safety and the way we go at safety compliance is is it's a reactive approach, which I think is the wrong approach. Hmm. Uh, and we we have the I would say the added benefit of working with a global company in the safety world. And so when you and I get the opportunities to see how the rest of the world's deal with compliance. And in North America, OSHA tends to get involved after the accident. Yeah. And, and nowhere near as often before something like that happens. So so we, we, in this re- reactive environment, that that's that's what gets crazy. And, and that's the thing that, that 
that I've been trying to bring to key safety. And that, I think that is why I work hard because I'm, I'm trying to get the industry to think differently about it, to think, think about safety in, in a proactive way, not a reactive way, because it's not just about compliance. It really, it really is about safety. Exactly. And I, I can even remember having conversations with you about this where, oh, you know, I said this, and I remember you saying, well, you know, are we here to talk about compliance? Or are we here to talk about safety? What is the real impact that decision is going to make on somebody's life and their ability to come home? You know, Mike, after all of this, is there a particular story that kind of you can recall that really demonstrates the importance of, of having a proactive approach in fall protection? Yeah, actually, Dan, there's one that comes to my mind quickly. Uh, back in, uh, oh, probably about uh, 2011, 2012, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, when Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor of the state of California, he had signed a bill into law that were, they were trying to get 15% of the state's energy resources to be from sustainable sources like like solar, like wind, that type of thing. I think that the, the target was by 215. And because of that, the, the electric company out there, the California Edison, was renting up or buying up a lot of rooftops and then installing solar panels and then putting that power back into the grid. And I, I remember this one particular project that we started to get involved in on the front end, uh, big rooftop, it was a mall. And uh, one particular storm, we were, the project was to put a bunch of roof panels up and they had had us come out and do a roof survey before that. And we we did all the work. And the real issue on that rooftop, there was a lot of skylights. I don't remember the exact number, 150, something like that. But I do remember the the quote that we had put together out there, our, our, our man out in that in that area, and it was a $53,000 quote to put all the fall protection in place before we were going to send the workers up there, mm -hmm. or I should say before they were going to send the workers up there to install all the solar panels and get all that stuff hooked up. The problem was you had the contractor that was going to get up there, you had the mall owner, you had the company renting the building, and you had California Edison. So it was four entities that had some degree of responsibility mm. to put the fall protection in place before the project started. And like I said, to, to make that entire roof safe, it was about $53,000, not, not a big number really. Mm -hmm. And in the end, everybody started pointing fingers to each other and they did nothing. Mm. And then, and then first day in the job was installing the, the uh, solar panels. One of one of the men on the roof went through a skylight and fell through to the floor and, uh, expired immediately. He, he was married. Wow. So he was a husband, three kids. And I remember thinking when I got that phone call, because the phone call that I got next was you need to come out here and, and be deposed because we know you, you quoted the project, but somebody died and nobody ever did the safety. Wow. And I remember just being sick to my stomach thinking that that could have, that could have and should have been prevented. First of all, because the dollar value wasn't that high. Second of all, because we, we did all the work to say what could be done, but but no one wanted to, to pick up that that bill. And in the end, that that bill was nothing compared to what mm. ended up being paid out from a number of different cases, not only through the Workman's Comp California, but also through some some civil and other wow. lawsuits that went on. It just and, and that I think if any one thing's ever happened, it's just driven me just to not let that happen again. It would be it'd be that particular story. Yeah, and I, I recall hearing that story and I know it was very impactful on not only you but the entire team at Key Safety. You know, thinking about you know, that was back in 2011, 2012 like you said. You've you've been doing this for about two decades. Is there a trend 
um, that you've seen in the last you know ten years that you would say has surprised you in a good way, in a, in a negative way? You know, what have you kind of seen over the last twenty years in fall protection? Well, a couple things, Dan, and and again, we have the advantage of because of our role at Key Safety, and we have our company has a very global view. Mm. The thing that surprises me the most is that, especially in the USA, we we kind of we're kind of a third world country when it comes to safety. Really, well, we didn't OSHA yeah. never even started until 1971, so we've barely been been do, at this for 50 years. Again, I've already mentioned it's kind of a reactive approach to 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 safety in the workplace. But the trend that I'm seeing, even with all the work that we have done, is that the deaths that happen at work are, are going up. If we, if we go back to, for example, back to 2016, there was 4,414 deaths in 2016. Then we go to 2017, it's 5,147 deaths in workplace. Then you go to 2018, the last year that's published, it's 5,250 workers died on the job. Mm. That that number is going the wrong way. Wow. And, and I think the reason it's going the wrong way, it, again, it's this whole reactive mentality we, we have to safety because we, we look at it as it's about compliance, which it's which is an issue. Compliance is an issue. But if it's just about checking a box saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I took care of that. And we're not really concerned about safety. We're not really concerned about protecting the workers. Then 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 we've missed the boat. And and the very fact that that number is going the wrong way. When I know not just not just Key Safety, but many other companies in North America are working hard and doing a, I would say, a very good job of getting the message out. But mm. still, too often, I I see at the actual places that we're trying to protect, I see it to be more about compliance and checking the box rather than about real safety. And you've mentioned a couple of times about you know looking at this from a global perspective. I know that your role has afforded you a global view about fall protection and safety. And I think a lot of people will be curious. The US were used to being, you know, the best, you know, leading the pact, you know, cut it uh, state of the art. But from what you're saying and, you know, what from conversations that I've heard, that's not the case. Can you kind of put some some meat on the bones, give us a little perspective how the US and North America compares against maybe Europe or the UK? Yeah, yeah, I think I think I can, Dan. I would say we have to be at least at least 20 to 30 years behind what they're doing in the UK and in Europe. Mm. Uh, when, you, when you look at our fall protection regulations, they say what you have to protect and what are the instances are you have to protect. But the, the one of the big things that, we, that OSHA doesn't do is create some standards for the, the quality or the effectiveness or the solution that solves the problem. Mm. Now, to some degree, ANSI has stepped up in that. And that's been very helpful. That's, that's a yeah. private organization. Yep. And, and while I really love all the work that they're doing and, and they're doing important work, all of that type of thing is all coming out of the same, the same place in the UK and in Europe. So they'll create standards that not only say where you have to put protection in, but they'll say things like this protection has to, to solve this problem or meet this level of standard or this yeah. threshold of force Perform or Perform in a certain way. Exactly. And, and those are some of the things we're really lacking because uh, there's a lot of things, Dan, and, and I, I don't want to be bashing competition on, on the podcast, but but we could go to some of our competitor site. You know, you and I know who they are, where they'll say, oh, yeah, this is all oh, this is OSHA compliant. And you and mm -hmm. I both know they would never pass any of the NC tests. Mm -hmm. and, and that type of thing can't happen 
in the UK or in Europe or in the Middle East, yet it happens here, which is another one of those areas where I say sometimes we are, we're a bit of a third world country uh, when it com mm. comes to these kind of things. Because just putting, for example, one, one of our one of our solutions is rooftop guardrail. Yep. Uh, just putting any kind of guardrail up there so we can check the box to say we have it. If it isn't going to work when it needs to work, still hasn't solved a problem. All, all we've done is we've checked the box and we haven't actually made anybody safer. Those things concern me. Yeah. I, and I think I would add on to that, Mike, you know, in I do a lot of educational webinars and training on OSHA compliance. And I always point out, oh, you guys got to change your mindset about OSHA. You know, if you're OSHA compliant, you haven't protect you haven't protected all of your workers from every hazard that they're exposed to. You've mitigated it somewhat. You've done it's better than nothing. But even within the OSHA standard in fall protection, particularly, I can point out areas and say, guys, if you meet this, here's how your your worker could still get hurt. You know, if you put an anchor point close to a skylight and the guy still falls through the skylight, you know, you haven't mitigated him from the risk of hitting racking below the skylight, getting lacerated by the skylight, people below the skylight getting hit by glass. You know, I think it's so critically important is to have a full view, full knowledge and understanding of the um, hazards that are associated with a holistic view, I guess I would say, of rooftop fall protection and not just, like you said, I don't know, OSHA told me I need an anchor point, so I put one up there. OSHA said to put up a little bit of guardrail over there, so I did it. So now, you know, we're ticking the box. So I agree with you 100%. You're, you're absolutely right on, Mike. Another little story, Dan, uh, just from last month. Last month, I was in a plant doing a whole rooftop survey, helping with do a rooftop survey on the East Coast. So I won't mention the company again to, just to protect the, the the story, but the bottom line is this plant was built in the late 70s, so 78, 79. So it, it's been there now for four, nearly 40 years. Big plant. And one of the amazing things when I got there is I expected to see, you know, quite a bit of fall protection in place. And I expected to see that there would be some, some areas where we, we would need to do some things. When I got there, the thing that surprised me the most probably less than 10% of the roof had any kind of protection at all. What we ended up doing is was just needed to quote a very massive amount of product to, to solve some issues there. But you'd think a plant that has been in place for 40 years with that much activity on the roof, and this particular plant had a lot of solar panels up there and skylights as well. You'd think there would have been a lot more protection there. Over the 40 years, we you'd, again, think that we would that a lot of, a lot more would have happened there that I'd be adding to some existing fall protection and the reality is I was almost starting from zero doesn't shock me because as you know I've been do this a lot go up on roofs yeah and probably in my travels across North America probably that's the norm that's not that's not the exception that's probably the norm that's that's the, this whole thing I'm talking about about being proactive and that resonates with my experience as well, you know, being up on roofs and what I've seen. Uh, what I would say is that probably in the last two to three years, there seems to be almost like a cultural shift or a mindset shift when it comes to safety and fall protection. You know, I think there's a new generation of uh, safety professionals that are entering the workforce, which kind of leads to my next question. What do you think the world of fall protection and safety is going to look like in the next 10 years? 
Well, and actually, Dan, the way you led into that question, I think is is perfect because I think you have hit on something. I, I do think, and I hate to point fingers at my own generation, but I, I think there was some degree of of manlyhood if we went up on hmm. a roof or up someplace and did something dangerous and we didn't die and we thought we were like Davy Crockett or something <laughs> performing some heroic deed. And I, I do think the, the I, again, I have to point fingers at my own generation. You know, like we thought that was a good thing, but I do think I do think this new generation of workers coming into the workplace, I think, has a much better mindset towards these kind of things. So I, w- hmm. I would like to think with what I'm seeing that, that that this new generation will come in and look at this entirely different. And I, I don't think they'll look at those kind of things as heroic acts. They'll look at hmm. those things as is what it really is. Stupid. Hmm. It's, it's foolish to do those kind of things. And so I, I do think that the mindset is going to shift to one that's that's more about protecting the worker and less about just checking in compliance box. But but the, the, there still needs to be something bigger to happen. Mm. And I think there needs to be a shift at OSHA that, yeah. that, that doesn't show up the day after the fall, but shows up the day before and said, wait a minute, you can't you can't have people go there or do that because they would not be protected in that instance. Yeah. I think there needs to be more proactive front-end work on, on OSHA's end. Yeah. And I think that education um, of hazards for the workers to be able to recognize those hazards to say, yeah, wait a minute, that this isn't right. I'm not going to you know, service that HVAC equipment within six foot of the edge without some form of fall protection. My life isn't worth that filter. I think that that is critically important as well. But I kind of want to follow on this idea of you know, safety as an industry, safety as a culture and a career path. And I wanted to talk a little bit about your experience leading through a crisis. You led our company through the 2008 financial crisis and uh, you're part of our leadership team through our current crisis. What insight can you give, you know, both as a leader and as a safety professional going through hard times? Wow. Wow. That's another really good question. I would say the, the biggest thing, Dan, anytime you're in leadership and you, you step into a crisis, what, again, whatever it is, whether it's a financial crisis or, or a pandemic or even just something tragic happens in your workplace, I, I think that it has to start with taking this leadership mentality where you, you can zone out all of the horizontal noise. Hmm. Uh, this This pandemic, for example, there is so much horizontal noise about this issue and that issue and the politicization of it and, and just all that crazy horizontal noise. When, you, when you're trying to lead a company or an organization through these kind of things, you have to block that out and you just have to stay focused on your strategy. And like in our company at Key Safety, we, we clearly know what our strategy is. We clearly know how to execute it. When you, when you come into a crisis where your sales will be down by X percent or that type of thing. You know, you have to immediately change the way you're doing business and make some temporary or short-term modifications to weather the storm. And and I think oftentimes companies get too caught up in the horizontal noise and then they delay making some of these these temporary adjustments. And in in the delay of that, they, they create some issues that could have easily been avoided. Kind of, they kind of get caught up and I call this this, paralysis of analysis. So while they're wow, debating yeah. the data, time passes them by. And then the opportunity, they've missed the opportunity. 
Uh, yeah, I think that concept of, of horizontal noise, I see this a lot, especially when I'm working with people who are maybe new to their role as a safety manager. They're trying to bring change into the organization. Um, they want to invest in a fall protection you know, system or solution. And a lot of the horizontal noise that they get is from the people they're trying to protect. It's from that guy who needs to go up on, on the roof and do the work. And he's saying, oh, I don't need this. I've you know done this for the last 30 years. I don't need fall protection. And I think that's so important is stay focused on the goal, on the mission, right? The mission is to separate people from hazard, just to make sure that everybody's going to get home safe every single day. You know, don't get too caught up on, you know, the adoption process and the fact that, you know, somebody might get upset during the change. You got to stay focused on the strategy. And I think that's solid advice, Mike. I think that's really good. If I can add to that, Dan, oftentimes we think there's never time to do things safely. Uh, even in in my role at Key Safety, you know, we have our own manufacturing plant where we where we build these custom solutions and for our customers. So in my role, I have to protect my own workers. And one, one of my stump speeches when I when I'm walking the manufacturing floors, I see people doing things in an unsafe way. And I, I have a conversation with them. I'm like, well, why are you doing that? That's not safe. You need to do this. He, he's going, well, I, I didn't have time to do it that way. Mm. And and we that's when we just stop everything shut the place down, bring everybody over, and we have a little conversation about it. Mm-hmm. There's always time to do things in a safe way. You, as you know from working with me, another one of my, my things that I talk about with, with our own people and even with our customers is, okay, so if there's this big thing in front of us, say, say like this place I was at on the East Coast, what I've proposed to the customer, because of the cost of it, it's, it's not gonna, they're not going to be able to afford it in their capital budget in one year. But again, keep in mind that plant's been there for 40 years and they've done nothing. Yeah. But we've put together a five-step plan, which will probably take four to five years to put in based on their capital budget. But I'm showing them how you can create a long-term safety strategy yeah. that can be accomplished over time. And, and we did that, Dan, by I, in every area, I created a, like a, almost like a, a battleship. So in, in section A4, this is a high priority. We've got to do this one first. Yep. In section B3, no one hardly ever goes there. So we, we can put that one in year four. And we, we did that section by section. I almost made out of the roof, made kind of a battleship matrix. And then in each area, did the, a complete uh, risk assessment in each area and laid it out that way. Yeah, It's the same kind of thing. If, if, you, if you see the job is too big and there's too much horizontal noise, what happens is 40 years go by and you do nothing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that is the tr- that's the truth. That is what we have seen. Mike, as I mentioned, you've you've been a strong leader to us. Um, you've been a, a strong coach to me in my personal career. We've talked about safety as a career. What advice would you have somebody who's looking to start their career in the safety or fall protection industry? The, the first thing I would say to them, and, and I'll laugh, Dan, because I know, know I've said this to you and some, some people when you and I have interviewed people, is I like to ask people, what do you want to do when you grow up? Hmm. And, and I have fun with that question because a lot of people get a job and they go to work every day and they come home every day. And then 10 years goes by and they wonder, what have I done? What contribution have I made to society? Hmm. Did, did all I do for the last 10 years is just make money, but not like that contribute to what's going on in life, wow, contributing yeah. to the people around me, contributing to, the, to some way in a positive world. 
And, and this is one of the beauties, Dan, that I've that I just love about the safety industry. And, and keep in mind, for the first 20 years of my career, I was asking myself the same question. And when I when I came into the, my role at Key Safety, the thing that I love about what we do is this whole this whole idea that every day we wake up, every day is different. We're working with a different customer, different sector, different problem, trying to help them address these risk and safety issues in their plan. And, and when, when I get home at the end of the day, I feel like I've added value to somebody. I feel like yeah. I did something. And that is, I think, one of the ultimate beauties of our career, Dan, in, in the safety world is, is we, we are making a difference yeah. And I quoted some statistics earlier this, that the stats are going the wrong way. So there's a lot of work to be done. And mm. so I can't think of a more rewarding career than, than one in the safety world. And I'll, I'll add to that, Dan, talking about this whole global situation. We mm. are 20 to 30 years behind the rest of the world. So it's one of those career paths that has a, a lot of, of runway in front of it. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a sector that's going away. It's not a sector that's dying. Mm. I, I think there's some huge opportunities. And, and like I said to you on, on a couple of different occasions, Dan, you will accomplish more key safety in the 20 years moving forward than I've accomplished in the 20 years looking backward. And I, I'm excited for the team as, as they go after that and, and continue to carry the mantle to address this issue in North America. Yeah, absolutely. And you've made that, you know, that vision clear in both statistics that you've shared um, and personal stories that there's so much to be done in fall protection and in safety. And it is a meaningful career. It does mean something um, to be able to look back and say, wow, you know, there's no way for me to know it, but I know that I have saved lives and impacted families. And if I could just build on what you've said is I think in safety, it's so critically important that we break down complicated concepts and just make them easy to understand, right? There's all kinds of, you know, in every industry, there's people yeah. that would have right. you believe that this is very complicated and you need so-and-so to, you know, you need to pay for my services to, to solve it. But it's so important, you know, when you have conversations with the people in your plant that you just break it down, make it simple, you know, bring an expert in like one of us who will come in and, and advise you uh, to try and make that simple for your people to understand. So, Mike, I agree with you 110%. And just my final question for you, Mike, do you have anything else that you'd like to add, share with with um, our audience or or add to the conversation? Yeah, yeah. I think there's one other thing, Dan, I'd just like to mention. Uh, and th this is another conversation that you and I had, golly gee, back in January of this year in Niagara Falls. Mm. And, and that's when I was trying to, to say to you specifically, Dan, as, as you continue to lead in, in the area where you are, make sure you keep customers first and foremost in, in how we approach everything we do. Second thing I told you was make sure that the, everybody on your team, you take care of them in a, in a secondary way. So those are the two most important things. And I said, if, if you do that, then the company will be happy and the shareholders will be happy and everybody will be happy. That, that stuff just takes care of itself. Yeah. I, I think one of the things where companies make mistakes is where they want to put the, the company first and the shareholders first, and they totally forget about their customers and they forget about their employees and their teammates. Mm. I think one of the real keys to changing this industry and to keep key safety successful 
is to make sure we don't lose sight of the order of those things. And those things make a difference. Customers first, employee second, and then everything else just takes care of itself. Yeah. Mike, thank you. That's It's empowering to hear that from you as your role as the president. I know it's a key to our value set here at Key Safety. So again, thank you for sharing that message as a reminder and an inspiration to us all. So thank you for Mike. And guys, in conclusion, I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us on this edition of the Rooftop Report by Key Safety. If you guys have any questions at all that you'd like us to answer, just email us at info at keysafety.com. That's K-E-E safety.com. I'm on a personal mission to find you guys the best experts to answer your fall protection related questions for fall protection and safety nerds just like me. To learn more about our safety solutions, visit our website, keysafety.com. I'm your host, Dan Huntington. And until next time, stay safe out there, everybody.